Pizza? Pizza? Pizza! Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. podcast. Tonight we're talking with one of Hawaii's top real estate experts to learn what steps are necessary to help make that dream a reality. Now joining us is Karen Ling, a graduate of Kaiser High School and UH with a political science background. Karen is one of the founders of the Hawaii Young Professionals Network and a member of the Asian Real Estate Association of America. She's also an award-winning realtor, recognized by Hawaii Business Magazine and named Best of the Best by Honolulu Magazine. She's also an experienced Toastmaster as well. Welcome, Karen, to the podcast. Yay! Welcome, Karen. An honor (laughs) to meet you. Yes. Thank you. You made me sound really good. (laughs) (laughs) Because you are. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it must not be uncommon for a lot of, um, you know, first-time home buyers or condo buyers or even people that are interested to be very, I guess, um, you know, like they have this big dream and a little bit nervous on how to go about it. But what would your be your best advice to people who are listening, who are really curious about whether or not they can actually own a piece of Hawaii. What's the first steps that they should take? Well, the first steps is I I always recommend speaking with a realtor and or a loan officer. Ironically, they go to one or the other and the other one recommends the other one, right? So it's always, Mm -hmm. um, you know, good to speak with both of them. Um, But one of the things that I tell people when they first start looking is to come up with a list of their wants and needs. Um, it's kind of like an evolution. You know, what you're looking for is an evolution. It's not like an end goal, like this is exactly what we're going to get from this list, but it helps to give yourself a start and then also an idea for your realtor and your loan officer to help guide you. Wow, that's really good advice. Yeah, because I mean, you can't just talk about what you want, but mm-hmm. it also makes it easier when you kind of look at it on a piece of paper. And also, you got to be real with yourself, right? About what you can and can't afford. And I guess that's where the loan officer comes in. He he or she kind of helps maybe narrow that list. Yes, yes, mm. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I guess another thing is that you might have a dream of owning, say, property in a certain neighborhood and then in another neighborhood. But in reality, because we live in Hawaii, you know, the price can change drastically depending on on where you look where would you say is the most desirable uh you know neighborhoods right now and where would you say might be the most affordable well i i definitely love that question um one of the things like with um with real, real estate is that we can't speak like you can't push you somewhere um to say like it's superior or um, affordable that type of thing but i can tell you where most of my clients start so um, especially under the $500,000 price point, which I think most people could afford, 
Um, that would be in the Makiki area. I love that area because it's got a wide variety. So you could have like, you could pay up to 500,000 and get like a one bedroom that's like pretty large. And it's a, a really great property to have. Or you could pay, you know, 500,000 and get like maybe not as good of a space, um, but it's like a two bedroom. In Makiki. In Makiki. Yes. That's good because it's close to town, right? I would yes. thought that, yeah, you'd have to move further, but it's possible. It is. I think sometimes you just have to believe, but, um, you know, some people think that's like more of a fairy tale kind of thing. But if you're looking more for a single family home or like a town home, and you have, a lot of my clients have pets. So I do recommend going out further. So like Makakilo, Kapolei, I mean, these areas are getting a bit pricier. And then also have a beach. So those areas, you, you're, you get more bang for your buck out there. Is there a rush? Like, I mean, is there like an optimal time to, to get in? Because I mean, I remember when I was looking, I think I felt rushed. And I, I mean, I don't know if that was necessary because I feel like the market changes and, and, you know, things become, um, you know, open when they weren't. And, you know, later on down the road, I don't know why I felt so rushed. I, I was inexperienced and I still am. I could learn a lot more, but um, is, is, is it necessary to like get in when you can, I guess maybe on certain projects or certain things that you're looking at, right? Well, it, it really depends because I think it comes to need and urgency and what everyone's situation was. And in your case, you might not it might not have actually been an urgent need, but in other people's case, it's like, I need to move now. Right. So um, I do remember, you know, even though I was like 11, I think, or 12 when my parents bought and that was a very, very long time ago. We won't say how long. <laughs> it was a very, very long time ago. And when they bought, it was um, the highest it's ever been at the time. It had very high interest rates. So you can do the math on that. And then they sold it maybe in 2004 for double the price. I think they could have actually sold it for more, but you just never know. Right. Um, so one of the things that I, I mentioned to people is like, you don't want to time the market. Um, the right time to buy is when you're ready. I know it sounds totally cheesy, but somebody said that to me once. And I said, that is absolutely correct. I mean, like there's always an urgency and you think, oh, I have to buy now. I have to do this. Um, also, like society pushes you to like be a homeowner or like get your act together. But it's not necessarily for everyone. And you have to take a look at who you are and what your needs and what your wants are. And you can decide to make it happen or you can decide to wait. So I know that's not a normal realtor thing to say, but I definitely believe in that. Yeah, no, that, that's good advice. That's good advice. And it's also good to um, have a team around you when you say to seek the help of the, the loan officer and your realtor. Um, and hopefully there are people that are approachable and open to your, your questions and your needs. Um, but with the loan officer, um, is it true? I mean, that regardless of your financial situation, that they can make it work for you? Or is that not true? I believe it is. You know, it's surprising how many people rent and then they don't realize that they can actually buy. Um, the mm -hmm. dream of home ownership is really not that far. It's, it's pretty close, especially if you just ask the right questions. Now, we don't always know the right questions to ask. I mean, I don't even know the right questions to ask. But it's, you know, right now, I just helped um, a first-time home buyer into, um, it, it is actually one of those like reserved housing. I think they were called affordable at the time. And um, it was the first unit or one of the few units that came on that's now market. Like the 10 years has passed 
and now it's a market unit. So she just bought that and, um, you know, it was in a, it was like $450,000 and the loan officer, in order to make it affordable for her, I'm not going to tell you how much she could afford, but um, let, let, let's just say it's like, she wants to pay $2,000 a month. It wasn't that, but she wants to pay $2,000 a month. Well, in this, in this day and age or in this market, what they're doing is having you go over, like, let's say, I, I mean, you can see what it goes up, but it, it closed for like in the high fours. And the reason they put that is because they could actually buy down the rate and make it more affordable for you by spending more money. Now, that's like mind blowing to me because I'm like, okay, I think it's above my pay grade, but it, it actually worked and it made it affordable for her to buy, right? Um, there's another one that I did want to mention to you because I just learned about it literally yesterday <laughs> is that you could actually um, get a loan and pay off your mortgage in something like six years, maybe a little longer, but around six years. And you, the loan acts like a checking account. So you put all your paycheck, your money in it. So it uses that money without using it. And you can take out what you need for your expenses. And because it does that, it does something to the interest rate again, above my pay grade, but it really um, seems like a good way. There's one company that does it right now. I don't want to promote them right now, but um, of course, like you can do your research and find that out. But I thought, wow, a lot of people are coming up with new ways of doing things that really help the homeowner. Yeah. And that that's what you said is good because it sounds like it's possible for people to like our, us locals, right, to stay here and for kids to stay here is do you think that's still possible for the future generations? I, I believe so. I've been talking to a lot of people and it's totally off like real estate, but um, they have like, you know, they're an attorney or like a doctor. And I was surprised that, you know, they graduated from the law school here. There's a way to funnel people into the law firms here. And like people want people to stay here. So I feel like, you know, making it in a, like coming up with creative solutions or thinking outside of the box, even if you were to talk to your financial planner, because I talk to mine all the time, he's amazing. <laughs> but um, what he mentioned is there's a way that you could put into your, your financial plan um, to be able to buy a home and use that and borrow against it. And I, again, above my pay grade, but it was pretty amazing what he was saying. So people want to find a way so that local people can stay um, yeah. local, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question, Noli, because I was going to also ask, you know, I mean, you know, meeting with the loan officer, meeting with the realtor, that's that's one phase of uh, the next. I mean, when you get in there, it's all about competition. And so yes. it really depends on who you're competing against. A lot of it does. Um, you don't know. You don't know who you're competing against until uh, everything's submitted. Right. Then you can yes. see. Um, wow, you know, it looks like somebody kind of went above me and I'm not sure. Um, so what, what are you seeing in terms of what the competition looks like? Is it true that we're seeing more out-of-state buyers that are now entering in the market? I mean, I, I know that they're there. What are, are you, what are you seeing, um, you know, lately in terms of out-of-state buyers coming in? Well, well, during the pandemic, I think a lot of things happened and we can't have a conversation with everyone without talking about the pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, what I did notice is a lot of Silicon Valley. So people from California and specifically Northern California were moving to Hawaii. In fact, during the pandemic, I would say 20 to 30% of my clients personally were um, you know, from the tech, the tech industry. 
So they moved here. And then you've got people um, also on the mainland, different, different areas that are like, you know, I spent my whole life working or I did really well in the stock market. Let's retire. My dream has always been to move to Hawaii. And so those people have been moving to Hawaii as well. And when I talk to other realtors, they are experiencing similar things. Wow. Wow. So um, in that, in that case, it, it's kind of hard for uh, maybe locals to compete with those big money makers that are coming from out of state. So I don't know if this is politically correct, but I've noticed sellers who have grown up here, you know, they really want to keep, you know, the local people here. And I, I don't know if that's even a PC term anymore, but um, I know that if I'm putting in an offer and my client isn't local or they're like, I actually had a hard time, like the one person from 2021 that I didn't get accepted as far as a buyer, which is really hard to do anyway during the pandemic to get anyone accepted. You have to put like 10 offers in. Um, the one person didn't see it in person and wasn't going to come here. They were going to buy it sight unseen. So, you know, sellers pay attention. They pay attention to who the buyer is. You're not supposed to do that. I mean, like we're allowing it right now, I think. But I think it's kind of gives some bias to the seller, you know, that type of thing. But I think it's also good. It's also, it's kind of like, you know, the chicken before the egg or like what's right, what's wrong, you know. But um, at the same time, I think when you grow up here, you you kind of feel an affinity for your home and you want it to go to someone who's also from here sometimes, right? But I don't think that's why a seller chooses a buyer. But I've noticed that if, if they're not even going to see it in person, that's already something that, you know, they're like, forget it, checked off. Wow, because I think oh, that was yeah. kind of the uh, the trend during the pandemic, right? Yeah. A lot of those because of COVID and you couldn't meet in person. Um, but I mean, wow, I mean, just the, the whole way, though, that the real estate market has changed, even in the way that you can show the place, like with the virtual tours now. I mean, that's so much more convenient. And I'm sure a lot of people love that. Um, what do you recommend? Do you, do you recommend when you submit um, to have that face-to-face -face interaction, um, you know, with this, I don't, sometimes the seller's not there though. So you can't really yeah. do that. Right. But I mean, how do you put your best foot forward beyond the dollar amount? Sometimes it's a little bit of luck. I, I did have a client during the pandemic that like knew she wanted this place. We knew we were going to put an offer. She like was like, walking so steadfastly towards the door um, and the seller saw her as she was leaving so then she's like that's the person that we want <laughs> and wow. I was like oh this is very interesting um, one of the things that I do tell my clients though is that um, you know you want to ingratiate yourself to the the listing agent um, but but I, I kind of try not to prep them too much because I feel like it's better when people are natural so most of my clients, I think they're just good people. I mean, that's probably most people out there. And so they walk in and they're like, you know, chatting with the, the agent. They want to talk to them. And most of them, like, they they have a really good discussion that the listing agent remembers them and can pick them out of a lineup, basically, of offers to tell the seller, hey, I met this person and I actually thought they, they'd be a good fit for your property. Oh, yeah. So, so that's what I was yeah. actually going to ask. So they're not just yeah. there showing the property I was going to ask, like, do you think that they're really kind of like not acting like a spy, but like yeah, advising kind of like this, the second person, the person that, that goes and tells, you know, the seller what they observed and make recommendations? They do. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is like a PC thing to say, but I definitely um, believe that 
you know, when people, you know, when you meet someone and you have a good energy from them, then they're more likely to choose you. That's just how sometimes the world works. Mm -hmm. um, but also um, they want to, you know, a, an agent wants the per person who buys it, they want it to be as smooth as it could be for the seller, because that's really their job. Their job is to advise. Like when you are a property manager, you want to make sure the right tenant comes in with a good credit score, all of that. They're not going to fall out of escrow. So a lot of times it could even be, even go as far as the agent. Like, oh, that agent has a good reputation or I've worked with that agent before. They close, they don't fall out of escrow, um, that type of thing, because you you almost want a sure thing. Of course, nothing is certain in life and definitely not buying a property. Mm -hmm. um, but that gets you your foot in the door and you know, all agents aren't built the same, um, but I think even a new agent could have that style too. Hmm. I guess, and another thing that could increase your chances is, um, I mean, I'm sure you're an outstanding realtor, but is it true that, I mean, you shouldn't 100% rely on your realtor. You should do your homework as well um, and also do your research and, and and also like scout around or look as well, or or do you just, you know, put all of that in the hands of of your realtor? Well, me as a person, I would never do that. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it's just my like A type personality, but I would do my research and then check the facts, like and make sure everything lines up Um, because you just never know. But sometimes, you know, like a lot of my clients happen to be my friends. Um, so it tends to be that they do trust me 100% and they just say grow with it. And I, I'm like, that's a very scary to, place to be as a realtor with somebody to have 100% trust in you. I'm used to people not trusting me, you know, like <laughs> just in life. <laughs> so I, I just feel like, um, of course, it's great to have that faith in your realtor. But um, I do have this one client um, for many years. So he's bought multiple properties to me. And I realized that, you know, I don't have to be the smartest person. I always thought I did, you know, as a real estate agent. Um, but I'm also humble enough to realize, like, I only know 2% every single year that I've been doing this. I've been doing this for a, a little bit around 20 years. So I, every year I think, oh, I've learned so much. Oh, it's still 2%, you know, and that's why I think like sometimes you can teach your realtor something. And that guy teaches me every time we work together because he's super good at researching and I'm good at my job and I know a ton of things and I'm good at the parts he needs me to be good at, but it's better when you're a team. I find that when you work well together as a buyer and an agent or a seller and an agent, you're going to have like astronomically a better experience, both of you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of where I think like maybe that's what sets people apart is when you work together as a team. And actually I call my clients sometimes on one of my clients, the last name is Buchanan. So I always said, team Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> and because we're a team, you know, right. I'm part of that team, right? So I'm more of like an accessory, um, whereas they're the, the main event, right? So for our listeners, um, you know, I know the old school way was, um, I mean, you know, still now, I mean, you drive around and just by chance you see the sign, you know, for sale sign. Oh, okay, mental note. Wow, I love that location. And in the old school days, you know, you look through the paper, you know, you see, yeah, that's right, and whatnot, right? But <laughs> what, what <clears throat> for those that are just getting in and and kind of educating themselves on this process. Where, where can they, I, I'm sure there's a website that they can sign up for. I don't know if you have to pay um, to receive alerts. Um, is there something like that available? 
Well, I think every realtor has a way, like once you sign, like sign that open house sheet, they're going to start sending you emails, you know, about what you're looking for, that type of thing. Um, I do know if you go on Zillow or Trulia, that type of thing, and you enter your information, they'll start sending you stuff as well. I happen to be on Redfin myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just let them send me stuff because I'm like, oh, I am interested in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or like, oh, that's cool that that property came up. So, I mean, you definitely want to choose your realtor and not let yourself be chosen by a realtor if you have a, a choice. I mean, we all have choices. Um, but I think that's also one way. But one of the things that I mentioned to my clients, if they want a house or they like an area, like you were saying, they, they go through the neighborhoods and they see an open house or the just listed sign. I tell my clients, just look for your dream home. It doesn't have to have a sign. Oh, <laughs> write down the address and true. let me know. I like that. Yeah. Open the door. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll go knock on the door. I mean, they can knock on it too, but that's awesome. how I, I've gotten a lot of things, especially during COVID when times were tough to find something. I found a lot of off-market listings that the seller was willing to sell to my clients. Mm. So it's, wow. and, and it's not that we want off-market listings because they'll be put in the MLS right away once you go into escrow, but you want that opportunity, right? You want to be able to be the only one that gets this. Yes. Yeah. It's competitive out there, huh? Would you, would you say even for today, sellers or buyers or both? Well, I guess know, it depends on interest rate, right? It depends. You know, like I, I just listed something and I'm the third, it's the third time I am the agent on this property. So that's very rare. So I was the buyer. I helped represent a buyer who then became a seller and sold it to this buyer who is now my seller. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so. I thought, because, you know, let me just tell you, it's sad. You know, it, it didn't sell right away the last time I sold it. So I was like, so I'm prepping them. They know. I told them, remember that experience? This is what I did to work on it, to get it sold. And luckily we had you. I kept in touch with your agent. I kept in touch with you for months to get you to buy this mm -hmm. one, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be that easy. Well, um, you know, note to self, um, it went into escrow in the first week. So wow. it's like, and it had multiple offers. So it's like, this is interesting. And I've only seen multiple offers. I know the interest rate is close to 7%, but I was surprised how many of my clients are still like, they didn't even question the interest rate. They're like, we're still want to buy and you can. That's the funny thing. Great to know. Yeah. Well, we all know that, you know, a lot of people are struggling, right? Um, mm -hmm. They're struggling to, uh, with inflation happening right oh, now, yeah. struggling to make ends meet. Um, say, um, you know, there's, maybe good friends or maybe they're not married um, mm -hmm. but they're like hey one solution is why don't we like buddy up and we kind of go in on this property together and make an offer together what is your advice to that because I know that maybe at first it might sound good and all it depends on of course your relationship but I, I've also seen you know in the end when you do commit to it maybe you don't you're not together again after that mm -hmm. and you sign mm -hmm. papers and then yes so, so what's What's the best thing to do when you are approached with that situation? Ironically, I do a lot of those. So um, I always say it's actually better to be married than to be dating, you know, and buying a property because um, in a marriage, when you get divorced, um, it's clearly defined and the judge makes a ruling, right? But when you're friends or more than friends, you're going to have other issues. So like I, I actually helped my one my best friend, um, she did something like that. And it was difficult, 
you know, because it's there's no clear lines and then everyone doesn't think anything came up there. So the only way to remedy that, and this is what I tell my clients from the very beginning, if they're not married, even if they're married, I kind of say it, but if they're not married, especially, um, I tell them that they need to have everything like actually documented and um, I think recorded, recorded uh, exactly who gets what in the end and how it will be. You want to know who's going to be the decision maker when it comes time to sell because you're both not going to make that decision, you know, mm. um, but you need one decision maker and then you need to know how it's going to be divvied up. So I had one client where I think the um, the boyfriend would get 30% and she'd get like 60% because like it depends on who put in more money. Um, what she had to do was end up buying um, that person out. So um, there's ways to do it, but you have to be very smart because you want to do it when everything is good. Everything's good. Um, everything's rosy. You want to put this in writing? Yeah, smiling while you're signing and it's getting recorded. And then when things go awry or I guess bad, then um, there's emotions. And those emotions will really change things that you wouldn't even believe. I mean, I, I've never gotten a divorce, but I can only imagine what it would be like. And then I can imagine what it was like when I you know, broke up with people. I was like, yeah, I do not want to be deciding about selling a property with those mm. people, you know, in that situation. So yes, everything in writing documented, but also the added thing of recording it with the title. I think that's very mm. important. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we that's are really in your brains tonight. Yeah, yeah. I know you're really no. making me think tonight. No, it's good because because Hawaii real estate is like some of the best in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Would you say? And will it always always be valued? You know, what what do you think the future of Hawaii value of Hawaii real estate if owning a property here is? Is it a good outlook or? I I think it's good. It's a good outlook. I mean, it's easy to say that you know because you know I wish I had that crystal ball. Um, what, what I do think about Hawaii real estate is that we only have so much land. And then, you know, when, when I recommend where to buy, because a lot of people look to Maui or the big Island and I'm trying not to insult anyone, but, um, the, the major hospitals are in Oahu. So if you're retiring, it just makes more sense to retire to Oahu. Right. And so that's why we have the largest population. Well, many other reasons, but one of the reasons would be that, um, is the larger population here. And so with, um, with being able to have very small land, it's scarcity and demand, right? So we have very little land. So you would think these condos, I mean, it's great to buy a condo. I live in a condo. I'm in one right now. Um, at the same time, land is scarce. So if, you're, if I were to advise somebody on what to buy, if you can afford it at all, definitely buy land. You know, I love living in a condo. I will buy condos all day long. But at the same time, that's where the value will be. When I look at areas like Kailua, because I've like literally done statistics on these things, the land is worth so much more in Kailua than anywhere. Like I feel like anywhere else on the island, you know, I mean, I'm not sure why. I mean, we could hypothesize. I mean, I do know I have ideas, but it's worth so much more. And then the house is valued so little. And that's what increases with time. So um, plus, like, I think, Besides it getting hotter with uh, maybe global warming or something like that, um, I think it's such a great place to live. And I think people are looking at the value of like living here, raising their kids. You know, I, I've been traveling, you know, I've been traveling and all my friends are like, do you think, you know, we should raise our kids in Hawaii? I'm like, absolutely. I grew up yeah. in Hawaii. It's a great place to raise your kids, you know? So um, yeah, I think the value will still be there. I think you can look at historical data and it shows you. Um, in the last downturn, everything, um, you know, went down 
and then it um I think everything went up so at the the lowest point in the last downturn it was 20 percent off everything across the board so yeah so I mean and then it went up and it hardly you'll see Hawaii it'll go like this and like dip then it'll go back up then dip a little bit and then go back up so I mean that's pretty much the historical data I could actually show you that um but I think my little graphic was pretty good <laughs> yeah that looks good I get it yeah so we're good Hawaii living in Hawaii of course as we know right that's yeah yeah, that, that that's what I was going to ask because I mean, I mean, you guys see it. There's all this construction and ward. They're just they just announced more development. Um, I think that whole line is going to be other places yeah. are going to be demolished to make way for more luxury condos. So that's interesting. Um, that you said that you know because I know those condos also have ocean view too, which is very yeah. valued in that sense as well. But uh, yes, yeah. and there's I guess you can't beat. Or compare the two with with that. But yeah, it's like, luxury condos are really nice. <laughs> and I, I do love luxury condos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so, um, when I am at an open house, or when our listeners are at an open house, what are some of the key things that they should? What are the key questions that they should ask to the agent who's you know, presenting the home or showing the home or the condo? What are some of those things that they should have on the list to check off? Well, definitely the what I consider the normal things, which is plumbing, electrical, and roof. You know, the age of the roof, the kind of like what's the plumbing like? Have there been any leaks? You know, what's the age of the electrical system? That type of thing. Um, but one of the things, um, this is my key takeaway. I feel like, I mean, it may or may not be for you, but we'll see. Um, you let me know in the comments. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's um, I want I would love to know how many people have owned the property. So that's one of my favorite things to ask, um, because would you believe it or not that the fewer amount of people that have owned it, it has, I think it has better energy and the more desirable it is, right? Because people typically in Hawaii will pass their home down generations after generations after generations. So knowing that it's been in the family for basically since it's been built and then you're the second owner, um, that means that the people probably love that home. There was like a good time in that home. And then they really took care of that home typically. I mean, sometimes when people get older, it, it kind of goes down in how they take care of things. Um, but I definitely think, you know, is it the first owner, second owner, third owner? It's a good, good question to ask. Um, you know, people always ask also in Hawaii because of just how we are out here culturally, is that they'll ask, you know, did anyone die in the unit, right? <laughs> So the you know believe it or not the only thing that you're really obligated to say in the seller's disclosure for the seller is if it's like a violent death, right? But even though um, like when I counsel my sellers, I'm like even though it's a violent death, if anyone died even peacefully, you mm -hmm. gotta put that in there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's something. Um, I also there's another thing that is very important because I remember one time um, I I helped them sell their place, um, but when they sold their other place to buy this place they um, didn't realize that the previous property which was like in Waikiki um, at 6 p.m every night the birds would like flock and like <sighs> make all these noises and she said that if she would if she would have known that beforehand she would have never bought that property I don't know if it was like in the morning it might have been in the morning because I think that mm -hmm. you know that would annoy me right oh, so God. you want to know if there's things like like really weird things that happen that are not normal that um, could happen in the morning or the evening because I think those things might be factor in because there is a section about noise in the seller's disclosure mm -hmm. but it's not that you know I think that this particular seller just never it didn't bother them 
Um, mm. So it's always good to ask, is there anything that you notice, you know, that you might want to add to this that might be unique? <laughs> mm, that's true. Yeah, and then or camp out outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I tell my clients to camp out all the time. It sounds right. totally suckerish. <laughs> but I tell them stay for an hour when right after work. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. And is that something you could ask the seller if you're buying, you could ask the mm -hmm. seller's realtor and or your your realtor who can talk to that. And honestly, would they answer for you if you have that question specifically? Yeah, yeah I, should, I really right? love, love the real estate, the realtors out here. And I feel that for the most part, I get like a really straightforward answer. So I feel like they, they could, they would mm -hmm. probably say that. I mean, it's to the benefit of everyone to say those things, including the realtor. Ooh. Yeah, those that's a great question. Yeah. Birds. No. <laughs> ah, I know. And those now there's chickens all around. I guess they're everywhere, but that's chickens. a good question. Oh, that's probably a question goodness. we should ask. How many, <laughs> how, many chickens chicken, how many feral chickens and feral cats? Yeah. yeah. But those are great, great points. Like you wouldn't think about mm -hmm. if you actually live there, right? So yeah. thank well, you for those pointers. It's great. I was gonna add one more thing. I did have a listing one time and it, um, they had a lot of cats, you know, because the person who was staying there was a brother and then he just liked to feed the cats. So that's also something you want to ask because like a lot of people love animals and they do that sort of thing. So then you'll be like, you'll be living in the house and be like, why are they, they're like 50 <laughs> cats coming here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would hate to live in that. <laughs> because that's actually a legit thing that right. happens. It's not, it's, I'm not making this up. <laughs> I can see that because sometimes you drive by a house and all the pigeons are there. Right. Yeah. And the owner must be, and they're all over that, just yeah. that house. So yeah. that's a good one. Very good advice there, Karen. Mm. Thank you. But you what? came up with it though. Oh, no. <laughs> that was very good to think about. Very good. So Karen, yeah. you know, just out of curiosity, is it, is it rarer to find undeveloped land for sale then? Is, is it, is it rarer than, you know, obviously it's not as, it's not out there. Um, is it harder to to discover those for sale? You know, I I see them all the time. Like just as a human living on Oahu, <laughs> so I see a lot of vacant land. Um, there is one on the cul-de-sac that my mother-in-law lives on. Um, that you know that they're just never gonna they're not gonna sell. I don't know when they'll sell, but like there's a specific time that they are considering. But there's a lot of these properties that have been owned for generations across the island or even the other islands. And it's it's interesting because you can find those, but they are sometimes vacant land. I have one um, right now on Maui and it can sit for a long time. And the, you know you wouldn't think there's a difference between vacant land besides the view and what you normally would see. But you know what the, the major difference is? If it has sewer and water connection. So you need to make sure that's, that's on there. Um, with the, I think the pre-constructed homes, that, that's kind of changing things. I would like to see more of that because I think that's a really good way for people to get an actual house. You know, I feel like that would be kind of a cool thing to see happen across the state, but I don't see too many of it. I know that there's a lot of developments, but there is um, vacant land. It's not as rare as you would think. Um, you know, my husband and my dream is to own a farm in Waimanalo. There's a lot of that out there. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah. yeah. And and this is just because, I'm sorry if this is a quirky question, but no, no, no. do you know about like properties where, you know, people want to live off the grid and so then they go mm -hmm. and move um to the big island, but then they have like these, you know, makeshift homes and stuff like that. Is that like, 
more that that that's definitely not for the comfortable living I mean mm -hmm. or you're pretty much roughing it out there and is that going to be reflected in the price or not necessarily well that that one would probably be reflected in the price but I, I just want to I you know every now and then you go to a house and you're like this is my dream home so I've always wanted to live off the grid so I I actually saw one in Palolo I mean you wouldn't believe it's out there Oh, wow. to just take that. But there is like a property out there that has the, um, I don't know what you would call it. Catchment? It definitely has catchment. <laughs> but it also has like a um, a toilet that if you look down, it goes 30 feet. Oh my God. Well, yeah. Is it a cesspool? Um, it's actually kind of different. I think it's like one of those eco toilets or something like that, but it was built in the 70s. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. Mm -hmm. wow. But it's vacant land? Yeah. No, that one has a house. It actually has a house on it, but it was built to be off the grid. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. fancy home, definitely in the million dollar range. Really? Yeah. Even though it's yeah. off the grid? Well, it must be hooked up then. Mm -hmm. It must be hooked up. Yeah, I, I think it had solar panels and stuff, but I think everything was like really off the grid. I mean, I love people who can do that. In my mind, I think I can, but in real reality, I'm not sure. You know, uh, we grew up in the city, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it, it's hard to imagine, but you know, the the properties that you're talking about, um, it can range from being like kind of dilapidated, not good condition, to like being amazing, like phenomenal. Like they featured these types of homes in Dwell magazine. <laughs> like, and I was reading that thing cover to cover because I was like there's million dollar homes with that are like off the grid. So you can choose, you can choose, you know, you can pay to play or you can choose, you know, your life that you want to lead. Yeah. Maybe you might have mm. to like hike, hike to your house. <laughs> you <can't laughs> drive. Maybe there's no driveway. I don't know. But I wow, know. It's, wow. it's interesting to see the different types of real estate out there. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody wants to live in Hawaii including the locals we want to stay we want to stay and be at home and, and raise our kids here so thanks so much Karen just for answering okay. our questions and um I, I guess it's really good to to know that there there is a way um you know start saving now so that your options may be better um and great tips great tips Karen where, where can yes. people find you you know if they're interested in contacting you well, I guess the best way, you know, without giving my information all over the place is to um, my, to follow me on Instagram. So it's um, Karen or Karan, C-A-R-O-N, Ling. So Karan Linkstagram. So you could do that. Yeah. Wait, is your real name Karan? Well, my given name is Karan, but my nickname is Karen. So my whole family oh. and my friends call me Karen. <laughs> oh my God, I was so, going to say, I've been calling you the wrong I know. <laughs> because you know people who know me from high school. <laughs> Yeah, I'll call me Karen. Okay. <laughs> I'm not correct oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So can you say your Instagram again? Sorry. Sure. It's um Karan Linkstagram. Karan Link. So L so C-A-R-O-N-L-I-N-G Instagram. No, it's at C A R O N I oh sorry. C A R C A R O N L I N G S T A G R A M. Wow, that was the best I've ever heard that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because on your on Zoom, they get that's very helpful. 
Haran links the ground. Very clever. Any confusion for the people? Just edit that part out. When you type that out, then I'm sure it'll appear because that's kind of what the process of elimination is like. Oh, dang. Okay. You just have to type in my name. Yeah. Haran Ling Hawaii Realtor. I just say it Karan because like it's easier like phonetically for people to like spell it because um, would you believe that when I tell like you know make a reservation and I say my name um, Karan or Karen or whatever and I spell it out for them they spell it back to me (laughs) K-A-R-E-N. Right. Make it easy for yourself. (laughs) Yeah 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 yeah. I get it. Oh my all right. Thank you so much, Karan or Karen, for answering all of our real estate questions. And please, you know, go ahead and follow her on Instagram because uh, I do. And, you know, she does a really good job, too, at, um, you know, doing those posts where she she offers tips to you, um, you know, every week. And she's very creative and it's always something new and eye opening and very informative um, very great golden nuggets that you gave us. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Karen, for all of your help and guiding uh, our listeners through the real estate process here in Hawaii. Best of luck to everybody listening out there with your search. And thanks so much again, Karen. Take care. Thanks, Karen. Thank Aloha. You. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.